Good morning. Greetings students, faculty, and staff. If we have any regents here, chancellors, and other guests in attendance, welcome to our academic convocation. This is a time to celebrate the new academic year, welcome students, new and returning, and honor those who play such a significant role in the mission of North Central University. I'm Dr. Jason Wenschlag, and I'm extremely proud and blessed to be serving as your Vice President of Academic Affairs. Thank you. So, about 26 years ago, I came home from Denmark. I was playing professionally over there, basketball, and I had no idea how I wanted to use my business degree. So I started working for my dad's company and enrolled in a course on adult training and development at the University of Minnesota. I remember studying late one night and I dropped my highlighter, somewhat disinterested in what I was reading, and paused to think about the things I was most passionate about and questioned if I was on the right track. I was not a believer at that time. I knew who God was, but I didn't have a relationship with him or with Jesus. But I knew that God spoke to me that night. He helped me realize how much I enjoyed coaching students in Denmark, working at basketball camps during my college years, and talking to younger people and family, friend, you know, family friends who were younger who I could talk to about high school or college or what they were thinking for their life. After taking five minutes to dial into the internet and getting on America Online, to do research, that took a long time. Uh, you have no idea what I'm talking about, students, but it was not fun. I realized I could go back to graduate school and get a master's degree in business and marketing education and teach high school students. I was amazed by that. And uh, it was the first moment in my life when I experienced the concept of vocation. Vocation. And it was clearly a moment when I experienced God's light touch on my shoulder, showing his faithfulness and guiding my steps, as I learned I think he was doing all along. I'm now starting my 25th year in education, which has been a journey of revelations, important decisions, and many lessons learned. For me, to experience vocation in your life means to know and understand the gifts that God has given you, to craft a vision that cultivates those and uses them for what he desires, and to continue to learn and make decisions that align with his will for your life. It's hard to do that. Sometimes you might veer off course, but God has a way of continually nudging us to fulfill his purpose for our life. Academics, they play a significant role in vocation, from providing a firm foundation such as an undergraduate degree to sharpening your skills for specific opportunities later in your career. However, it is not a textbook or assignment that usually motivates or inspires, though they can. Quite often, it's the people. It's the faculty, it's staff, it's teachers, it's counselors, it's people that you come in contact with along your academic journey um, who really help you become who you are, vocationally and otherwise. Today I want to take a special moment and recognize all of our faculty who have answered God's call and who are thriving at vocation and choosing to serve this institution. Whether they come from any of our excellent colleges, the College of Fine Arts, the College of Business and Technology, the College of Church Leadership, the, the College of Arts and Sciences, the College of Graduate and Professional Education, whoop, whoop, yeah, there we go, or any other academic-related programs that support you and our schools. The vocation of a faculty member is generally, generally expressed in four unique ways at North Central University. First is teaching. Teaching is about the learning experience, including course development, creating and facilitating lesson plans, assessment and feedback, and the continuous pursuit of instructional excellence and content expertise. 
Our faculty, first and foremost, are teachers committed to developing your skills and your knowledge so that you can begin your own journey to vocation. The second factor is service. Our faculty work on committees. They drive task forces. They lead teams. They advise students. They support their directors and deans. They volunteer where needed. They attend extracurricular events. And they do these things while teaching and being fully present outside of the role at North Central. The third factor is scholarship. Our faculty conduct research. They write books and articles. They contribute to the body of knowledge out there. They attend or speak at conferences. They develop partnerships with other academic or professional institutions. And they create, consume, and or share new information and knowledge all the time to their students and their peers. And finally, there is spiritual leadership. Our faculty uphold, support, and model the NCU community life standards. They attend, participate, and lead in their own churches. They attend chapel here. They pray for and counsel others and mentor and advise our students. There is no greater privilege or responsibility than helping you become who God created you to be, and we appreciate the spiritual leadership of our faculty. Most importantly, our faculty love Jesus. They love Jesus. And they reflect that love in their vocation, their commitment to the mission of our school, and the desire to teach and serve you, and their conviction that scholarship and spiritual growth are the underpinnings of academic excellence at North Central University. Faculty, thank you for what you bring to our school every day and for what you do for our students to support and serve them and to pursue your own vocation and to serve God. Will you all join me in recognizing and thanking our faculty? Thank you. Now, when you're educators, that is not a very comfortable moment, but we certainly appreciate it. Thank you for blessing them. Um, I'm really excited for this school year. I've been so impressed by our student leaders and the great work they've done to welcome you all back and to launch our school year. Thank you all for your hard work and commitment to excellence. With that said, I'd like to now welcome to the podium our student body president, Skylar Burns. Thank you guys, thank you. Hello students. It is an honor to stand before you today and to serve you as your student body president for this school year. I have had the privilege of living at this great university for the last two years and I can honestly say that these last two years have radically changed my life for the better. One of the things I've always found super encouraging about North Central is that one of our values here is holistic development meaning that our education doesn't stop when we leave the classroom, but it is found in community. It is found in our communities on our floor, maybe in um, organizations like Mosaic or Delta Kappa or Journey, um, or even just through campus life in general. But there is always an opportunity to learn more about yourself, learn more about your peers and the world around you. I want to encourage you as the excitement of Welcome Week continues to stay hungry, to stay expectant, and to stay open to the opportunities that the Lord has for you here. 
we all must remember we are not here by accident. I'm reminded of a verse in Jeremiah chapter one, verse five. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And I hear the Lord saying today, Roman, before you were born, you were consecrated to be here and appointed to be at this university. Langston, before you were born in your mother's womb or formed there, he knew you and you were consecrated and you were appointed to be here and be a DL this year at this university. And that is the same as each and every single one of us. So let's do this. Like, let's do this year. Let's commit as students together to follow the call that the Lord has placed on our lives with excellence. Let's steward our academics well. Let's grow together. Let's learn together. Let's live together in unity as we look forward to this year and all the Lord has in store. I have found that some of the greatest revelations I've had at North Central have actually been made in the classroom, believe it or not. Whether it's through Professor Sikorsky giving a lecture on pastoral ministry or Dr. Graham taking time to pray with us before class and just asking how we are, there has been so much value and life-giving knowledge that has been imparted to me, knowledge that I will remember and take with me for years to come. So don't take your time in the classroom lightly. And listen, I know it may get hard. I went through Adam Sikorsky's reading and interpreting scripture class too. And if I can do it, you can do it. I promise. (laughs) We love you, Dr. Ski. I want to end by encouraging each of you to get plugged in. From my experience, I'm telling you college is what you make it. So do the work, do your part, and just watch what the Lord does with it. I am thankful that the God we serve is actually a God of multiplication. And that he can do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ever ask or think or imagine. He's good. So I want to end before Josh Edmond comes up by quoting our North Central Carlson Hall leadership team. Let's go. Let's go. Love you guys. You all are way too kind. Uh, Well, hello, my name is Joshua Etman, and I get to serve as Associate VP of Spiritual Life and Dean of Multicultural Engagement. Yes. Yes. And um, it is my tradition to honor um, individuals, and so I want to honor President Hagen, Mrs. H, the SLT, our chancellors, uh, Dr. Rich, and Robin Wilkerson with Graham, as well as our faculty and staff. I honor you all. Um, Now, I want to also welcome, should I use this word, the dopest newcomers in our institution, (laughs) our new students. Give yourselves a hand. (laughs) Yes. So we want to welcome you to our vibrant community. As you can see, it's your curiosity, your wit, your innovation, your anointing, your diversity, and your heart that will only make our community a much better place. So on behalf of the entire NCU community, I declare 
um, that we would do everything possible to ensure that you develop your talents and interests. And I pledge that we will graciously nudge you in your pursuit of God and what he has for your life. You know, NCU is a place where many individuals have gone before you and accomplished many exploits for God in this kingdom. We have spirit-filled business owners, executives, athletes, lawyers, doctors, theologians, historians, pastors, missionaries, and many more who have impacted our world. And they walk the hallways that you will walk in. And they sat in rooms you will now sit in. You are a part of that legacy. And we believe that you will impact our world just like those on whose shoulders you now stand on. My advice to you is this, live in the moment. Live in the moment. Take advantage of this opportunity. Study hard. Look at somebody and say, study hard. Study, study hard. <laughs> study hard. Make new friends. Attend events. Join a student organization. Encourage your peers. Okay, okay, you don't have to say everything to us. Attend chapel and get to know your Liddy professors. <laughs> and most importantly, may you live into the words of Jesus found. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, he said this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Yes, that's right. Love God. Love him with your heart. Love him with your soul and love him with your mind. We want you to grow holistically here. We want you to become passionate Christ followers just as much as we want you to become scholars in the classroom and leaders in the marketplace. I mean, what good is it if you are a scholar with no spirituality or you're very competent, but you have no character? It is of no use. In the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the function of education is to teach one to think intensively and to think critically. Intelligence plus character. That is the goal of true education. May you live with intelligence and character. Again, may you love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all your mind. And when you do this, well, I believe you will fulfill the second part of that commandment that says you will love your neighbor as yourself. Again, welcome to NCU. I look forward to hanging with you. May the Lord bless you. Thank you, Josh. Well, good morning. How are you? I'm so uh, pleased to be here. Um, my name is Robin Wilkerson, and um, I'm the grandma on uh, the team. 
Uh, thank you, President Hagen, Mrs. H, for inviting me today, faculty. And I'm sharing with you a picture of my family. That's what grandmothers do, right? That's what your mother does, right? And uh, I want to honor my husband, Dr. Rich Wilkerson, and my son. They're here with me today, Graham. So... I love them very much. My husband and I have been married 48 years. We have four sons, and I have three daughters and love eight grandchildren. And um, by the way, I'm going to be speaking on a topic, and I have lots of ideas about it, and I put together a few notes, and if you're interested, I uh, prepared a packet for you, and you can text my name to that number up there. Take a picture of it. If you're interested, you can download it later, and it's just there for you because we are starting a brand new semester, and you are a scholar and you want to learn, right? So this little talk that I prepared is called Ready, Set, Go. Are you ready? I am ready, set, and here we go. I am so excited that you are here. And why? Because you're incredible. You say, I'm incredible? And the answer is yes. Look at your neighbor and say, you're incredible. Now look at the one you didn't pick and say, you're incredible too. You are. You absolutely are. And why do I know that I'm so sure? Because you are sitting in college at the most exciting time for humans to be alive. You have made the absolute most wise and most intelligent decision in personal development. I honor you. I am impressed with you. And not only that, God has made a way, and he thinks you're pretty incredible too. Some reports say, and you can look it up later, that only 7% of the entire globe, and there's almost 8 million people now, maybe only 7% have access to university education. Can you imagine that? That means that you are highly favored and that you are special and that not only are you here, God picked you to be alive at the most important time in history. That means that you are being equipped, get ready, to be a world changer. That's you. Say, I am a world changer. Oh, yes, you are. And college, this place is going to help you learn how to turn knowledge into power to make a difference in our world. You see, you need personal tools like self-discipline and leadership and communication skills. 
Now, these are all going to be fueled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why you're here and why you chose this place. And it's not an accident. Because, you see, you might believe you chose this place, but I submit to you that God chose you before you chose him. That's how important you are. But what I want to talk to you about this morning in just a few moments is the number one most important asset that you need to choose. As you walk out of this chapel, you need to choose a growth mindset. Now, that's kind of a new idea in 2021, kind of a research idea. But a long time ago, the Apostle Paul described a growth mindset when he said, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Now, what is a mindset? And it's very important because how we think all the time it's our most important asset. And we have to choose how we're going to think all the time. And it's important that we start thinking about it and have an awareness of how we think. It's a belief that every day, all the time, we choose to believe in every way that we're going to get better. You see, we are stewards we really don't own anything. We don't own our bodies. We don't own our families. We don't own our property or our relationship. God gives us just a moment in time to steward those things. So we are responsible to take care and to make them better. Here's what we are to do. We are to grow. Every healthy living thing is growing, and we are to believe that we can get better and better and better, no matter how old we are, no matter where we find ourselves on the life spectrum. And we are to continue to be a life learner. Even when we graduate, even when we get our degree, we're to continue to ask questions. Young person, do you know that God can handle your questions? Did you know that God has already set, even in this place, a mature Christian who can help you with your questions? It's okay to ask questions and to discover who he is. The Bible is the original text where all knowledge can be found. And in this place, God will answer all questions that will lead you to the life that you are seeking. It is God's will for you to grow. And God loves faithfulness, but he also expects fruitfulness. 
Read the parable of the talents. Do not get stuck. Don't develop a mindset, a fixed mindset, where we say to ourselves, oh, I've arrived. I know the answer. But instead, always be growing, growing, growing. You know, I wasn't always like that. In fact, there was a time where I thought, you know what? I've reached the place where I kind of know what the answer is. That's sometimes how adults get. And I had raised my family. I thought, this is it. But as time went on, I started to discover that knowledge was coming from every place. And in midlife, I made the choice that I would start to ask questions again. And I discovered that scientific knowledge was coming faster every day. And as I asked questions, I found out that there was more and more and more to learn. So I continued, and I went back to college. Well, I did that. I got my degree, my master's degree, my doctorate degree, and in studying, more and more became more exciting to me. Now, there's nothing I love more than the idea of a new syllabus or a new class and a new question because there's more to find out about God and the amazing universe that he's created. Well, the other morning, my 30-year-old son woke me up at 5 o'clock in the morning. He said, Mom, get up. I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, get up. He goes, I want to go hiking. I'm like, no freaking way. So I got out of bed. I pulled on my tennis shoes, and he threw me in the car, and off we went. I said, what are we doing? He goes, well, Mom, nobody will go with me. Let's go. Well, you know mothers, right? You know, so I, I, I went. And we went and we chatted and here we were. And he said, we're just going to go on a little walk. So we started walking. Well, we finally arrived at our place. And it was Mount Rainier and he picked a hike. And all I can tell you is 17,000 steps later, we arrived at 6,000 feet higher at the Panoramic Pass. Now, my point in telling you this story is there was a time when I could no more have gotten up and gone 17,000 steps in the air. Well, they would have had to get a stretcher and a helicopter to get me back down. Why? Because I had come to a fixed mindset that said there was no more growth in me. And I brought the picture to show you that at any age, you can change, right? At any age, you can grow better. So whether you are 18, whether you are 48, or whether you're going to have your 68th birthday like me next week, science, and Paul told us thousands of years ago, that there is growth for you. 
Do you know what science has proven? Go and look it up yourself. That when you believe you can change, you change. Equality and equity are not a secular new idea. That's God's idea. And where does it come from? It comes from believing. You can grow, you can change, and you can have all that God has for you. What did I come to tell you today? Everything you need and want is outside your comfort zone. Get comfortable with being, get uncomfortable, excuse me, with being comfortable. Your future is only as big as you are. This week, we came from Seattle. We buried my auntie, Hulda Buntain. In her mid-60s, her husband died, Mark Buntain. He worked with Mother Teresa. And out there in Calcutta, India, they told her, go home, Grandma. You can't possibly bring anything to this missionary site out here anymore. Mark is dead. Mother Teresa's dead. You got nothing going on. And Hulda thought to herself, maybe you're right. It's time to give it up. But she was a woman who believed that God wasn't finished with her. She made up her mind she was going to live until she died. And I'm sharing this with somebody in this room who wants to quit, and it's already just the beginning of the year. Do you know what Hulda did? Hulda said, God, as long as you're with me, I'll keep going. This week, we buried her. We celebrated her life. That was more than 30 years ago, and from the time that she was told, give it up, Grandma, she established 700 churches, 200 schools. She served 2 million patients and a network of medical care. I'm telling you, yes, ready, set, go, no. Ready, set, grow as you go through this year. God bless you, scholars. The best. Woo! Come on. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Robin Wilkerson. Wow. Uh, she was our commencement speaker two, two years ago, and uh, that was phenomenal. Uh, thank you so much. They came up for the first few days. They pastor a great, great church in Miami. Uh, their son, Rich Wilkerson Jr., I said, will be here in about a week and a half. He's going to speak at the university here, I think September 14th. You guys have heard about four phenomenal mini messages. I uh, hope you've been keeping notes. Uh, Josh Edmonds, powerful. Jason, powerful. Um, Robin, just tremendous, tremendous. Uh, I know we use our decorum and our professional titles a lot around here, and we dress funny. Uh, like this, because the day that you meet me on that stage, and I'll be dressed like this, 
and I hand you that degree, the reason it looks different, it's like a wedding. A bride dresses on that wedding day unlike any other day of her life. The reason that we dress in the regalia is to help you understand that the day this achievement is fulfilled and you graduate with this degree, we dress like this because we want you to know that day is like unlike any other day in your life. There's a uniqueness to that day. There's a power to that day. I shared with the um, freshman, we've got about six minutes, seven minutes here. I'm going to wrap up with uh, something I wanted to tell you, and then we're going to pray together. Uh, you guys are awesome. I want to tell all the students here uh, that spontaneous standing ovation of honor that you gave the faculty. That's the first time in my five years, my fifth year, I've seen that. There's something that is alive in this school that I have not seen since I've arrived. Something has converged, something has arrived, something has matured, something powerful is all showing up unexpectedly. I said yesterday, I thought, man, during COVID we had lost ground, do we still have our school? And I felt the Lord say, you haven't lost anything. The Lord took ground, we gained ground while we were all sitting here wondering what was going on. And I just think the Lord is worthy of a praise right now. Hallelujah. But the honor, the honor that you showed our faculty touched my heart deeply. Live the rest of your life with that sense of honor. We honor people not because they're necessarily honorable. It's because I'm honorable. That's why I give honor, because that honor's inside me. I want to be an honorable person. I just want you to know that standing O started in the balcony, bottom floor. It was spontaneous, and that made me cry. And I said, there's something about this, this year, this class, this thing here that is very, very special. So here's my encouragement to you before we pray here in about... Uh, five and a half minutes. I came across a verse of scripture this year that I've read, I'm going to say 500 times because it's a, it's, it's a book in the Bible that I've taught when I was a pastor. I used to teach this uh, book uh, at least every two or three years to the congregation. It's a book in Daniel and I love teaching out of Daniel. I taught in a college. I taught the book of Daniel for several years. I, lo I love the book of Daniel. It's filled with all that powerful Sunday school-esque imagery of a group of young people that are kidnapped in one of the worst social injustice moments in Bible history, uh, in which an entire generation was kidnapped and deported somewhat uh, eight or 900 miles from their homeland. And they lived their whole life in a state of injustice. They never were able to return. That generation mostly died. Daniel's the most famous. He was probably 15 when he was kidnapped, taken hundreds of miles to a new city. And we know he lived at least until he was 85 because he lived the entire span of the 70 years of captivity. But back in chapter one, it's all about teenagers. It's all about the great strategy of the enemy to own the teenage population. So they kidnapped all these teenagers that the Bible says were quick to understand and qualified for the king's service. 
They picked the quick and the qualified, the quick and the qualified. And it, they took them to Babylon and they sought to re-educate them for three years. When you read Daniel chapter one, verses four and five, the word education is used twice or teaching is used twice. The whole tip of the spear strategy by the enemy to turn a generation into idolaters instead of God worshipers. Because the whole thing was to get them out into the plains of Shinar in front of a 90-foot statue and get all those teenagers to bow their knee to an idol. It started as this traumatic and dramatic scene where no one could really know what's the end game here, but the end game was to turn the entire generation of the quick and the qualified, the best of the best, into idol worshipers. Once the idol metastasized and the 90-foot statue showed up, all the solidarity of that generation began to splinter because there were young people, teenagers, that said, is that what this is all about? Is that what we're doing here? We all got to bow down to an idol? I can't do it. So I'm out. I can't walk in solidarity with my generation anymore. And I would tell this room, some of your biggest decisions are right in front of you because the world is metastasizing into idolatry. And a lot of our solidarity is about to be tested. And you're going to be breaking free from your peer group in this nation to say, I, I, I can't go there. I can go there, but I, I can't go there. But the Bible says that they re-educated them for three years. That was the game plan. And you know the story of Daniel and the three Hebrew buddies of his, um, they decided not to participate in that re-education process that began with the, the drinking and the, and, and the king's choice food. So they won, the drinking was about the thinking. And they said, you know, we're not going to do that. We'll drink water and eat vegetables. Now watch this. When they drank water and ate vegetables, they were making this crazy choice. We're going to live a narrow life as a teenager right now, as a young adult, instead of the broad fast track to Nebuchadnezzar's palace and popularity and wealth. And so they lived this other life. I told the students who were here, the freshmen on Sunday, in many ways, coming to North Central, it's all about water and vegetables. You could go to the U of M and live any way you want. Just go live any way you want. You come to North Central, you narrowed your life. This biblical community, we care deeply about your body, your heart, your soul, your life. So you're choosing this community of excellence, this standard of living, this Bible life. In a way, you're choosing to drink water and eat vegetables for a period of time. You go anywhere and just live wide open and free, say what you want, live what you want, do whatever you want with your body. But you've chosen this other thing called a Christian university at North Central. There's precedence for this. It's called Daniel chapter 1. The Bible says that after Daniel chose to eat vegetables and drink water instead of the choice food and all the, the, the delicacies, they were examined. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 1 verse 20 that the king examined these four young adults who chose a different kind of life. And it says he found them to be 10 times better 
than all the Babylonian re-education students that were there getting, because they were all getting their degrees in idolatry. That was the whole plan. Now watch this. Here's what I'm telling you. Ten times better than the contemporaries. I wrote that down in my journal, 10X. I know that phrase is used in pop culture, 10X. And I said, God, that's what you're doing at NCU. You're producing 10X, 10X leaders. Somewhere I want you to write down nearby in your Bible, your notes, 10X. That's my prayer. That's my theme. That's my spiritual passion for this year for the faculty, admin, staff, myself, students, everybody connected to this family is that we would become a 10X leader. That when you're going through kind of the water and vegetables, I'm going to a Christian university with these, with these standards of excellence, that this is not about missing out. This is about positioning myself to be, to be formed into a 10X leader, this leader that Robin so powerfully, Dr. Wilkerson so powerfully explained to us. A 10X leader. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you are 10X in the making. You're a 10X leader. They were 10 times better, 10 times better. So faculty, staff, students, I believe this is going to be a 10X year that God is going to give us people that are going to water this earth 10 times better than the other leaders on this planet. Would we stand together? We want to just commission this year with a word of prayer. Can we thank our faculty one more time? Just give them props. Now, now watch this. Now, don't do this. If you get a D on an assignment, don't look at them and say, man, I gave you a standing O and you gave me a D. I, was, I gave you a standing ovation. Man, what's that all about? No, we got to go put in the work. It's going to be a phenomenal year in the classroom, the athletic field, every aspect the chapel. We're going to have a 10x year, guys. Let's pray. Jesus, we just asked, Lord, on this beautiful academic convocation as we just commissioned, Lord, our academic excellence, our pursuits, Lord, as from the president throughout this entire wonderful family God called NCU Jesus, I want to ready, set, go. Father, I want to be like Holda Buntain. Lord, I remember being in the 1990s in Calcutta with Hulda preaching about two months after Mark died and she was just running her first district council by herself. I can't believe that all this span of time has passed since that time in the early 90s, God. And Father, I just pray that you would accomplish in us what you accomplished in her, Lord. Hulda Buntain was a 10X leader. She was found to be 10 times better then all of our contemporaries, not that I'm 10 times better than you in a human, arrogant way, but in a God-infused competency, 10 times better than the world can produce. And I believe with all my heart, Lord, that the 10X leaders are coming out of North Central, not Harvard. That the 10X leader this world needs are coming out of NCU, not University of Minnesota, Lord. The 10X leader, God, is coming out of this room. And so, Father, we commit our heart in the same way Daniel committed his heart as a young adult. 
and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Lord, that they committed themselves as young adults, Lord, to break free, to say, I'm not going to be an idolater. I'm going to be a Christ or a God worshiper. Lord, let that same spirit be on this campus this year as we encourage, uplift, help, as we help make our teachers successful, as professors make students successful, as we all work to lift each other up. We thank you again for this beautiful day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. You're the best.